At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Round Ball Stew, presented by NBC Sports Edge. I'm Dan Titus, Yahoo Fantasy Basketball Analyst, and you know him well, Raphael Johnson of NBC Sports. Man, we, we got a lot to talk about here, and fortunately, Happy New Year to everyone. Mm-hmm. Prayers up for Damar Hamlin and his family. Love to see that that's actually trending in a positive direction. But, Raph, it's been a couple weeks, man, and we haven't had a chance to talk about all the historic things that have been going around the league so um, before we get into all that, we're going to talk about all the breakout performances and notable news around the league. We're going to give a little look ahead into week 13 and discuss some of our recommendations and streams heading into that week because it's crazy, man. We only have like, what, nine weeks left in the season to the, yeah. end, to the end of the year. So definitely closing fast. And then uh, there's some injuries that are going down. So we definitely want to touch on those. And then we'll give a quick market check of some players around fantasy and what you may want to do in terms of buy and sell. So first and foremost, what's up, Raph? How you doing, man? I'm doing well. You know, you mentioned the new year. Now it's 2023, obviously. Um, the winter is also a time where we end up with various illnesses and whatnot. So, <laughs> Is that yeah. a shot at me, man? <laughs> it's not It's not a shot at all. It is not a shot at all. Um, we've all, you know, a lot We're of all us going either, through it. <laughs> either you have it yourself or you have to take care of someone. Facts, um, facts. Not the easiest time to do that and also juggle various fantasy teams and whatnot. So, yeah, here today yeah. and let's get into it. Yeah, facts. Um, all right. So let's get into some of the breakout standout performances over the past um, two weeks. So 27 40 point games over the last 10 days. 14 people have gone over 50 points this season already and three people have done it just in 2023 alone. Are we playing 2K on rookie mode here? Like, what's what's your sense of like all this prolific scoring amongst the league? Personally, for me, like I think it's amazing for fantasy basketball. Like, this is this is what fantasy football players always want. They want touchdowns. Yeah. They want they want all the yardage and all those stats and, and box scores to look crazy. And I think that's what we're getting here for the uh, the NBA. But want to get your thoughts on all the historic things that are going on with Donovan Mitchell dropping seventy one, Luka Doncic going for sixty, twenty, and ten. Um, Giannis went for 55 career high, and even mm-hmm. Laurie Marketing last night went for 49. So, talk to me about it, man. I don't, I really don't know. Like, it, it is fun <laughs> from a fantasy standpoint to see all these huge lines, but I think it's a situation where the, the level of offense in terms of skill is at a level we haven't seen before. But also, I think defenses have really been hamstrung. Um, you can't. Like people will bring up well back in the eighties or nineties. Well, it's a different era. You can't defend you can't defend like that now. Yeah. And you see some of these players who have like massive free throw stat lines. I think Luca he went like what, like twenty for twenty four one night in one of his big scoring nights somewhere along that. Yep. Mitchell too. Yeah, exa- exactly. So you get those free throw numbers up. That's a big part of the battle in terms of the scoring. And some of those guys like Luca and Giannis hitting the twenty rebound. Mark, even Steven Adams hit over 20 a couple of times in rebounds. Three, you get those in the last going. three games, he's averaging over exactly. 20 rebounds. Yep. And 
ridiculous. Even like just sticking with Steven Adams real quick. He's third all time right now in mm. rebound percentage for a season. Like I don't, <laughs> no one's even talking about how Steven Adams yeah. has just morphed into one of the best offensive rebounders are having one of the best offensive rebounding seasons ever mm-hmm. um, over five per game, which is just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing that, you know, you get those free throws, get the rebounds going. And all of a sudden you're looking at, in terms of DFS, a guy who can score like 80, 90, <laughs> even a hundred points in a night. So <laughs> it's an adjustment process. And I don't, I'm not really sure what's going to happen. I think we're stuck with it for the rest of the season, which is going to be good fantasy wise, but I wouldn't be surprised if there are some rules changes to kind of, help the defenses out a little bit moving forward. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And and I I think you're right. I, we are seeing a bit of a paradigm shift in the talent in the league. And the way that the rules are constructed, it's just not conducive for defense. Similar to uh, pass interference calls that, yeah. you know, are just seem so ticky-tacky in football. Um, but I will say, as I don't have Donovan Mitchell on any of my roster, so unfortunately I didn't get to enjoy that. But I, I did have quite a few other players in the midst of this scoring explosion that's going around yeah. the league right now um but yeah it's just been fun for fantasy and you know Lori, as i just said laurie marketing went for a career high 49 last night um on thursday that was a great thing to see um but just a lot of great play around the league and um speaking of which wanted to touch on a couple other guys get your thoughts on it jimmy butler has now entered top 10 in per game value this season mm. despite not playing very many games and then also jaron jackson jr been absolutely outstanding since coming back from his meniscus injury he's 13th in per game value and he's coming off a 31.10 rebound three block performance on thursday want to get your take on those guys um first jimmy is that a player that you would trust going out the rest of the season or do you think that this is a maybe a sell high opportunity i think with jimmy it's a sell high um just because if you want to compare him and jaron jackson jr i think the defensive upside with jaron is higher yeah. So I'd be more inclined to stick with him. In terms of Jimmy, you know, the comments that were made ahead of that Lakers game, you know, it's kind of the knee being something that he's going to have to kind of manage. That concerns me a bit because, you know, there may come a time where even if there isn't a back-to-back, he may have to sit just because, you know, they need to get him a rest day. Like next week, they've got three games, no back-to-backs, but who's to say he doesn't rest, say, against Oklahoma City on Tuesday, you know? Right. Even though Oklahoma City hung 150 on the Celtics, I think perception-wise, you're thinking, as opposed to two games against Milwaukee at the end of that week, that may be an opportunity to rest him if his knee feels a little balky. So I think with Jimmy, I'm thinking more of a sell-high opportunity with him. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I, and I like that you pointed to Week 13 specifically because they do play OKC and, and then they play Milwaukee twice. Um, yeah. And going against Milwaukee, who's pretty stellar defensively, you may not have that sell high opportunity. So maybe mm-hmm. if he does get the go on against Oklahoma city, maybe that might be the right time to uh, send him off before he goes into a brutal stretch. And then, as you said, you know, I think it's really frustrating having to go through that injury management, like his knee management, like there's a program mm-hmm. set forth there. So that's yeah. scary. Anytime you get one of those Kawhi Leonard type situations of maintenance where you can't rely on this guy, you know, if he's got a Sunday game and perhaps he's got a, a more heavier week the next week, he's going to be taking those rest days. So can't really rely on that. Whereas Jaron Jackson Jr., um, I think that they actually have a really good situation where they have a front court where they can depend on Santi Aldama. Right now, Brandon yeah. Clark's out. But when he's back, they have a rotation of 
you know, three bigs that can kind of slot in there and kind of take mm-hmm. off some of that load so he doesn't maybe have to rest as frequently. Although I do think Jaron Jackson will still get occasional rest days. But yeah. as you said, the blocking upside there is just too too much to deny, man. Like, he's just a freak. Um, speaking of freaks, Zion Williamson. Oh, so, man. Just when he's hitting his stride, man, like he goes down with a hamstring injury. And, mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately for fantasy managers, it looks like it's going to be a multi-week absence up toward, upwards of a month. And then we got news of Devin Vassell, another player, probably easily the best fantasy player on the, the San Antonio Spurs, has gone down also with an injury that's going to cost him multiple weeks. In both of those situations, what are you doing for the Pelicans? What are you doing for the Spurs? Are you doing anything? I think with the Pelicans, it's Najee Marshall time. Um, Trey Murphy the third was already in the starting lineup replacing Brandon Ingram. I think in terms of him, you hold on to him even longer than you may have once Ingram returns. So I think he's going to start either way. Um, but Najee Marshall is going to be a stream until Zion's out. Um, decent fancy value. He's not going to blow you away, but he's a solid player, um, a, a good secondary playmaker as well. And so I think in terms of what you do there in the short term with Zion, I think it's going to be Najee Marshall. I agree. Um, and we didn't talk about this beforehand. So, like, I just love how we're in sync right now. But yeah. Najee Marshall, I feel like he's going to be a little bit more reliable than, say, Larry Nance Jr., who has yet to mm-hmm. make his return to the court. He's still going through some neck issues. And Najee Marshall's been actually a pretty solid source of points, threes, and steals in the short yeah. term. So, right now, he's he's the one you can grab off of waivers. He's only 17% rostered in Yahoo League. So, um, that's certainly a person I would be looking at. And, and going to the, the Spurs – I mean, I think Jeremy Sokan is the guy that I I would probably gravitate towards. I don't know that I'm interested in Josh Richardson. We pretty much know who he is. Maybe he's a a fill-in for a four-game week, which I believe the Spurs do have in in week 13. But I think I'd be looking at Sokan a little bit more because I think as we see the season kind of progress, Greg Popovich has just been very vocal about his appreciation for his game, his IQ, Mm -hmm. how much he's willing to learn. Obviously, we see that one-handed free throw situation yeah. may look questionable, but like it's obviously yielding results. I think that's the person that I'd probably want to target now that someone with such a high usage as Devin Vassell is now out. Um, we could maybe see Keldon Johnson step up as well. He'll probably soak up some of that. But uh, Trey Jones, he's already a staple, so not, yeah. not really many options there. But uh, Sokin could still get he, – he's still available on most waivers. Yeah, I – I'm glad you mentioned Kelvin because I entered the season not too high on him fantasy-wise, um, just because you don't get much outside of the points, rebounds, and the assist. So I thought that kind of limited his upside. So I don't really know if Vassell's absence is going to impact him where you kind of need it to be from a fantasy standpoint. It's not going to make him a, a steals guy off, off the bat, you know? Right. So I think – but in terms of Sohan, I like, I like him as well, um, not just short-term but long-term because you think earlier in the season – they had him playing some point guard. Right. Um, and so there's a willingness to expand his game, let him kind of experiment on the fly. And I think that's something that looks really good for that team down the stretch because they aren't going to be in play in team. Um, they're playing for lottery odds at this point. So I think that's going to make him even more popular pickup at this stage. And that's a good point. Um, and Keldon Johnson has not been as advertised 161st. Uh, at week 12 in per game value Um, really struggling this season to, to kind of fill up the box score outside of the scoring. And he's not really doing any efficiency efficiently either. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's talk about some schedule stuff, man. Uh, 
got not as many. Week 12 was pretty fun for for streaming purposes. A lot of teams that had four games, and, and there was also some opportunities to fill in on Tuesday and Thursday to, to get some, some extra streams in there. Not as open as week 13. Do see that there is six games on Monday, seven on Tuesday, eight on Wednesday, six on Thursday, nine on Friday, and then Saturday and Sunday have seven and eight respectively. So I, I think actually you could – Monday is never usually a good streaming day, but I think that there mm-hmm. might be some opportunity there. One of the teams I've been looking at is the Sacramento Kings. Their schedule, they play Houston twice, the Spurs and Orlando. All bottom bottom teams <laughs> in terms of fantasy defense um, versus any position. One player that I think is probably likely on waivers right now is Malik Monk. He's 36% rostered right now. And the only reason I'm recommending Monk, he is going through a bit of a funk right now, but in two games versus Houston last year when he was on the Lakers, he scored 22 points. with He averaged 22 points, four rebounds with three triples. Now, caveat, he did play 40 minutes in both of those games. He's mm-hmm. not going to be getting 40 minutes for the Sacramento Kings. But – also, against the Spurs, earlier in this year, he dropped 26 points with four rebounds and two assists, and that was in November. And then he played against the Magic earlier and dropped 15 points with five dimes. So he's had success within the last two years against all of these teams. Mm-hmm. I think this is someone you could definitely stream because Sacramento plays Monday, Thursday, and Saturday, which are the lighter slates for um, for for Week 13. So. Any other person that you're maybe looking at, I think maybe you could throw in Keegan Murray in there. He's had a stock yeah. in 10 of his last 12 games, which I think is really interesting. Um, maybe Trey Lyles, if you're in a deep, you know, 14-type team league. Yeah, I would say Keegan Murray for your more casual leagues. Um, and besides him, it would be Malik Monk, and that's pretty much it. Um, I know they're still trying to figure out that backup center position. Um, so... Lyles may come into play there, but I don't really see much value in either he or Rashawn Holmes in that regard. So I would stick with Monk and then your more casual formats where Keegan Murray is still available would go with him too. Right. Um, so the Nets are the only team that play two games. So they don't play till Thursday in week 13. So in my opinion, you could probably drop any of those fringe, yeah. you know, Seth Curry's Royce O'Neal. Is that someone that you're looking to drop? Would you do it? I'd do it maybe in a shallow league, 10. Don't know if I could do it in 12. You might be able to get away with it in a 10, but even that is a roll of the dice. But a 12 or any bigger, you're not going to get away with that because someone's just going to pick him up and stash him. (laughs) His roster ship has gone down a lot recently. He's he's entering 40% uh, territory right now. And Mm -hmm. before the season, I think the real reason you want to hold on to Royce is if Ben Simmons has another injury management situation. He seems yeah. to soak up a lot of that that passing usage that uh, that Simmons would get. Mm-hmm. Um, another team, Philly. I feel like they got some rest opportunities here. Joel Embiid hasn't played in the last couple of games. Reports came out that he would have been good to go if this were like a more high um, high priority or more urgent yeah. situation, but. Mm-hmm. The Sixers play against the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Detroit Pistons in week 13. I got to feel like Joel might take a couple more days. Like, I don't, I don't know that I can trust it, man. Uh, not not really looking good for Philly. I don't know that I would run to get Montrez Harrell, but in deeper leagues I could see a path that you may want to do it if you have Joel Embiid just as a backup, but you're not going to get much value there. I actually wish this was B-ball Paul time, but we know Glenn and his rotations. Yeah, I, I would not – touch either of those guys uh, <laughs> like, like he Paul Reed got more of a chance but he really hasn't 
And yeah. then, you know, with Joel and out, they went small, you know, so they, they put Tyrese Maxey in the starting lineup. He's still working his way back uh, with PJ Tucker sliding down to the five. So I don't know how often they'll be able to get away with that. You know, Detroit's got some bigs, even though that's not a very good team. Uh, but yeah, I wouldn't, Harrell hasn't done much. Reed ha- really hasn't gotten any opportunities. If you wanted to reach for anyone, maybe a George Niang, just because Tucker's had the shooting issues with his injured hand. Right. Um, so I would say George Niang, but even that, that's more of a luxury ad than something that you have to go out and do. It's fair. Um, Orlando, they play, so we're recording this on Friday, obviously. Mm-hmm. They play three games in four nights. So they play on Saturday um, in week 12, and then they have a Monday, Tuesday back-to-back. That's kind of interesting for roster management because I think, you know, obviously Orlando is still going through some of those suspensions and they mm-hmm. do have some injuries. I saw Bull Bull has recently just got injured eligibility. So he, you can stash him in IL right now. He's not coming back um, in the short term. Is there anybody on the Magic that you're curious about, uh, given that you could probably pick him up? You can pick somebody up on, say, you know, Saturday for that game and then kind of carry them through the weekend and then maybe drop them after uh, Tuesday. Maybe a Mo Bamba. Um, he's at 38% rostered right now. Um, you've got between Bull Bull and health and safety protocols, Moritz Wagner serving the last game of his suspension. Maybe yeah. you can get a little bit out of Bamba, but I don't know, it hasn't been great for him, mainly yeah. because of the emergence of Bull Bull. Got Wendell Carter Jr. He's going to be rostered in most leagues, obviously, but that may be someone you look at as possibly a, an injury maintenance situation just because of how soon he returned from his foot and from his injury. Uh, so maybe he sits out a night and that, that enhances Bombay even more. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, what do you, what do you, what, do you, what are your thoughts on Gary Harris? Not, nah. not, not there. Not believing it. <laughs> very, very no. efficient though. He's shooting over 50% <laughs> he, this year. He'll give you some threes, but uh, he's not going to do kind of those empty stats. He doesn't do much outside of that, but he stepped in well. If you played him in DFS this week uh, for that one game, it, it was nice for you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think with everybody starting to come back now after the suspensions, his, his usage and and his rotation, his minutes in the rotation aren't going to be as high. Yeah, I think if uh, you're in a more casual league, Markel Fultz, mm-hmm. you know, he's going to be rostered in your competitive formats. We had 62, percent so he's still floating out there. Um, you know, your your less competitive leagues, I think he's someone you pick up and kind of ride with for the remainder of the season. Because we don't know when Jalen Suggs is going to be back. Um, yeah. Cole Anthony's still coming off the bench. So, yeah, I, I think this would be a good time to just kind of roll the dice on Fultz. He shot the ball better than he has in seasons past. And I think he has a better understanding of what he can do offensively. And it's really helped him. Yeah, that's fair. I, I agree with that. Um, Celtics. So they have four games on deck. And they um, they play on Monday, Thursday, and Saturday. What are your thoughts on picking up someone like Grant Williams? Um, I know he's an efficient guy and he can give you threes and an occasional stock. Um, but being that they play four games, they got that back to back on Wednesday and Thursday against New Orleans and Brooklyn, two very good defensive teams. Um, is there any chance that, you know, maybe they go to Grant? Maybe you can pick up Derek White. Derek White is still under rostered right now. He's still under mm-hmm. 50%. Does anyone from the Celtics kind of intrigue you in week 13, being that they got four games? Maybe Grant Williams, um, just because of the whole Robert Williams situation. Maybe right. he gets a night off. But other than that, I'm not too enthused about it. I think in terms of the backcourt, they've got a little too much for Derek White to really offer 
value at this stage where you've got Marcus Smart, you've got Malcolm Brogdon. Tatum and Brown can also take on some ball handling responsibilities. I think he can help you when guys are out, but if they aren't, and I don't think those perimeter guys are going to get like any injury management days, I don't think Derek White can really help you at this point. Um, and then one other team, I want to talk about the Mavs. They got a Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, so uh, lighter games on those those ones. I think Tim Hardaway Jr. is an option in points leagues, mm-hmm. shallow leagues. He's probably still available, but I don't, I don't know. That that team just is so heliocentric around Luka. You just can't. Yeah. It's like Luka, although uh, we'll talk about him a little bit later. Um, Christian Wood's been playing really well lately. Um, but, yeah, there's just not enough balls to go around in that, mm-hmm. in that squad to have any viability outside of, you know, really just the starters in uh, in Dallas. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Somehow, JaVale McGee is still rostered in 9% of Yahoo leagues. <laughs> I guess, I don't know, man. Maybe yeah. there's some JaVale McGee. It's kind of like Austin Rivers, right? Like Or Austin yeah. Reed, excuse me. Austin Reed, Um yeah. Like, how is he getting so many votes in the All-Star? Uh, it, it's just funny. And Andrew Wiggins still, like, I know he's got love mm-hmm. in, in the East. But, yeah, it's just crazy. Some of these, some of these fan votes, man, they're just getting out of control. Yeah, uh, but yeah, even Derrick Rose still getting somehow like his his Chicago reps, man. Like they mm-hmm. they go hard. I don't know what yeah. what has Derrick Rose done this year that's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna definitely vote for Derrick. <laughs> um, it's crazy, but like I know that these these injury reports lately. We, we talked about injury management. Robert Williams has been someone that's been pretty frustrating, but we get it from a, as a basketball fan. We want to see Robert Williams play the long haul here, so totally understand the the Boston Celtics moves. But what type of stuff do you do? What do you use? to kind of navigate some of these these injuries and, and so forth? Well, I use the Roto World app, um, which can be downloaded you know, in, in your favorite app store. Um, you can receive pl- breaking player news, stay ahead of your competition. You can favorite players on your rosters, get the latest injury updates, news, and, and much more delivered right to your phone. As I said, your preferred app store, it should be available there. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Whatever job you need to do out there, Grab the right tool to get it done. The new F-150 with an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts of pro power on board to power things on the go. It's not a tool you'll hang in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Optional features the owner's manual for important operating instructions. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. So going back into the injuries, we talked about Zion a little bit. Um, you know, Trey Murphy Jr. is probably the one that's already rostered a lot. Um, so Najee Marshall becomes the next option. But Phoenix, I think, is a bit of an interesting, call it a quagmire, 
because I don't know who to pick up in the absence of Devin Booker here. Yeah. Landry Shamit, we saw him go off for two 30-point games, and then he went straight to I, uh, straight to IL with an Achilles, mm-hmm. sore Achilles. Um, and since then, campaign has come back. What are and you doing? I mean, are you out. even touching yeah. that situation? Or, like, what are, you, what are you doing? I'm not, just because we've seen that fifth starter spot be more of a situational type deal. Right. Um, against Cleveland, it was Dario Saric who started just to match up with that size. Uh, Shamit was in there before he got hurt. We've seen Damian Lee. I don't really think there's anyone in there that you can truly lock in on as a starter. Maybe that changes once we get Cam Johnson back in the fold. But even then, he's going to be going through a ramp-up process, given the amount of time that he's missed. So, yeah, I don't really like any of the options there in Phoenix right now. Yeah, me either. I'm not rushing to the waivers to get any of those guys. A couple short-term injuries that I think it's worth noting. Bradley Beal. Um, is set to miss at least what four games with as he deals with a hamstring injury, but we know how hamstring injuries be. Sometimes yeah. it's four games, and the next thing you know, you're missing a month. So, um, who are you picking up in the absence of Bradley Beal, if anybody? You know, I know that Corey Kispert's been the fill-in starter, but I think Rui Hachimura is someone that it's kind of popped out to me recently uh, in terms of his production. You're getting top 100 value over the last two weeks. He's still rostered in 42% of Yahoo leagues. So he may be flirting. He may be lingering on the waiver wire in some of your more competitive formats right now. He's coming off the bench, but I think the fact that they're going to need his scoring ability a bit more with Beal's sideline, I think that makes him worth a look. Um, Daniel Gafford's at 37%, completely different positions, but now that he's starting, we may get into him a bit more later in the podcast, but I think that's someone else. I'd say Hachimura and Gafford are the two I'm looking at right now. Yeah, Hachimura, um, 18 points in his last – over averaging over 18 points in his last seven contests, so you are spot on with that. Um, the other wizard I would take a look at is Denny Avita. He's only mm-hmm. 24% rostered, and you know while he doesn't play the same position, it seems like he's been playing very well with Bradley Beal off the floor averaging 11.7 boards, four dimes, and, and over a steal and a half per game. Yeah. Um, and he's actually surprisingly been 69th in per-game value over the last month in nine-cat head-to-head leagues. So I think he's certainly somebody that you may want to look at if you're avoiding Kispert, um, who does a little bit less, doesn't really give you much defensively, mm-hmm. but he really just gives you those threes. Um, and then Clint Capella is uh, still dealing with a calf injury, and Onyeko uh, Okongwu has been balling. Is this a, a person that you're going to hold on to even when Capella comes back? Um, what, do you, what do you think his prospects are? I think so. Um, he, he's good enough to give you decent value in 20 to 25 minutes per game, yeah. which is what he'll get once he's back in that backup role. So, yeah, I think Okongwu obviously is someone that people rushed out to add in the aftermath of Capella's injury. And I think he's going to be someone to hold on to moving forward. Agreed. Uh, Marvin Bagley is going to be missing time. I don't really care much. <laughs> I think that just means that Jalen Dern's going to be a beast because uh, more minutes to him, beef stew. Um, Jalen Dern's been great. Um, great to see him just being such a beast on the glass. Um, and he's also contributing a little bit of low end scoring there. So mm-hmm. double double threat now that Bagley's not eating at his minutes. Dwayne Casey continues to play these veterans, and it's maddening. But uh, yeah. that's one less person in the way. RJ I think Barrett, it saves. Um, okay, uh, not to interrupt. I think it saves Sadiq Bay as well. Um, because yeah. he's someone that he fell off when he was moved to the bench. Um, but now he's still rostered in a little over 60% of Yahoo leagues. Saw him hit that game winner against the Warriors the other night. Mm-hmm. So I think he's someone that, that will be helped out 
by proxy just because, look, Bagley, I, I'm not going to say he can't develop further, but we kind of know where he is at this stage. Yeah. And that was kind of clogging up that front court rotation a bit. Right. Yeah, his inability to stretch the floor it was certainly mm-hmm. something that was hampering um, not only the the offense, but his fantasy appeal. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree. The Sadiq Bay. You know, I think he was definitely a person that that fantasy managers grew frustrated of mm-hmm. and probably dropped. And, you know, there's a chance now that 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 jumper against that jumper, that game winner against the Warriors is the yeah. type of thing that can turn your get your, your mojo going a different way. Mm-hmm. So that, that was great to see him uh, hit that big shot um, on the road. And um trying to think here. Uh, who else? Bull Bull. We talked about him a little bit and, and what you should do there, but. What's good with uh, what have you heard about Wiggins coming back? I know he's been upgraded to questionable a mm-hmm. few times upwards to be only to be downgraded to out. Um, do you think he's going to return by next week? And, and what have you heard also about Steph? I think in, in terms of both of those guys, we could be looking at the end of next week. Um, Warriors GM Bob Myers went on a radio show and noted January 13th as a target date for Curry. Steve Kerr kind of confirmed that in his press conference uh, a few hours afterwards before that Pistons game. So I think we're looking at the end of next week for both of those guys. Um, that kind of means we're going to be bidding farewell to Dante DiVincenzo. Um, <laughs> he's been really good. He's been a six yeah. round player over the last two weeks, but yeah, it, no more, no more fantasy time for the big ragu, I guess you would say. So. <laughs> it was a good, it was a good moment for, uh, yeah. I mean, especially because just, um, what he's gone through over the last couple of years to find his mm-hmm. his ro- his role in this rotation, filling a void. He's done a great job. Um, and I think also as a result of Steph Curry coming back, maybe we'll see less turnovers from Jordan Poole. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know fantasy <laughs> managers probably mm-hmm. want to see a little bit less there. But um, Clay Thompson, I think, is is an interesting case because after he just goes for 50, one could argue he's a sell high right now. Um with Steph coming back and Wiggins, would, would yeah. you go that far? I don't know if I'd go that far. I can definitely see the argument. Um, depending, I think it's something where you kind of throw it out there mm-hmm. and see what people may offer in return. Um, I don't know if I would automatically go through with it, but I would. that's something where you might want to cash in um, just because he still isn't at the point where he's playing both ends of back-to-backs. Right. Uh, so that may be, they may factor into the thinking of some fantasy managers want to consider selling high there. It's a good point. And then we still don't know about Brandon Ingram. I, I think you have to assume he's probably getting closer now that Zion's out for a month. I feel like there's a little bit more of a of a need to get him back, but I don't know. The Pelicans are still, you know, one of the top teams in the in the Western Conference right mm-hmm. now. They have a lot of depth that that certainly uh playing into their favor right now. Jackson Hayes is playing well. Um, Jose Alvarado continues to just give really solid backcourt minutes. Um, do they need Brandon Ingram back, and do you expect him to come back sometime in the next couple of weeks? I do, but they're in a situation, like you mentioned, they have the luxury of kind of playing it slow here, uh, yeah. not rushing him back. And then also, once he comes back, they can kind of play the uh, the ramp-up game with him, You know, mm-hmm. bring him along gradually. Because you've got Trey Murphy, who's played really well in that starting role. Najee Marshall's given him good minutes. Um, Jackson Hayes has stepped up with Larry Nance out as well. Yeah. Dyson Daniels has been one of the better rookies in this That's class right. recently, too. Very so right. Mm-hmm. you got CJ, you've got Jonas Valanciunas in the, in the middle. 
they've got the options there to kind of take their time with this with both Zion and Brandon right now. Yeah, if the Lakers don't get it together, man, David Griffin's going to look like the G. <laughs> He's looking like <laughs> Danny Ainge here, man. Yeah. Just swindling in, in the Wemby sweepstakes somehow, yeah. taking that Lakers pick. That would be crazy. Um, but, yeah, it's just interesting. Like, you know, we were talking about injury management for for a lot of players, and I, I think it's frustrating. I'm, I'm a guy that that's rostered Brandon Ingram, and I, I would have appreciated if they just gave him the Desmond Bain diagnosis earlier yeah. on. Like, I don't know if he's dealing with turf toe or some version of that, but they're kind of been making it seem like it was a day-to-day thing that just continues to be day-to-day, and it's been mm-hmm. weeks now. So, you know, the transparency around that injury has certainly been frustrating. But, um, yeah, they got the depth to, to, to weather the storm, so that's what they're doing. Um, and one last person I think it's worth talking about is Carl Anthony Towns. The Minnesota Timberwolves continue to be one of the – most frustrating teams in the NBA. And I think it's not really to a surprise of many people when you trade, when you mortgage your future so significantly for Rudy Gobert, when you already have a big there, spacing is going to be an issue. So we've seen now with Carl Anthony Towns off the floor, Anthony Edwards finally has a lane to finally drive and make some things happen. He's become the alpha that we all expected him to earlier in the season before the season got underway. Um, what do we know about Cat and his return, and what are you are you doing anything from a roster management standpoint to prepare for that return? Rudy Gobert, sell high, Anthony Edwards, you know, and D'Angelo Russell's playing the best ball all season that we've been kind of waiting for him. What what are you doing with that with the the impending um, return of 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 Carl Anthony Towns? I think in terms of Russell, this may be a good sell high opportunity. Um, he was someone, I'll be honest, I tried to avoid in fantasy oh, drafts. Oh, yeah. So, so I, don't, <laughs> I don't really have Wanted no parts of that. <laughs> yeah, I, I did not want any parts of that. So I think if you have him, this would be a good time to move him because we've seen him take on some injury management days as well. Um, Gobert, it's been a frustrating season, and I think that's someone you definitely want to try to move before Towns returns because I don't know how that's going to work out. Um I don't know if you can put both of them on the court for as long as they were before the injury, um, given how things opened up for Anthony Edwards. So, yeah, you give up the rebounds and the block shots with Gobert, but I think it'll ultimately benefit you if you can get some good value in return there. I don't even know how much blocks you're getting with Rudy Gobert. He's averaging like 1.3 this year. Like that's, that's not what you signed up for in a third round Mm -hmm. pick. Like I'd rather have Nick Claxton. Like there's, there's way, way centers way down in the, in the trenches later rounds that I think are just providing way better value than Gobert. And this is Gobert without cat next to him. So what is Gobert going to look like when he's back? So you're right. Um, I'd be looking for that next Gobert 20, 20 game. If he hit still has one in him. Um, and then I'd be selling with, with, with the quickness. Yeah. Cause yeah, this just not, just can't trust it. Curious to see what the Minnesota Timberwolves do at the deadline. If anything, and speaking of the deadline, I want to talk about a couple of things that have been floating around. Chicago Bulls may or may not be selling Zach Levine, could be on the trade market. I know that he there's been some discussion, some internal turmoil about his role. Do you think that he gets traded? I don't. I just think they're going to try to figure this thing out for this year uh, and then maybe make a move in the offseason um, between he and DeMar. They've had their moments, but I think ultimately if you're trying to build a contender, they're too much alike in terms of how they get their offense and crunch time for it to work. Like They both mm-hmm. need to have the ball in their hands. DeMar's a mid-range guy. Zach's got range out deep, but 
it just feels like when one guy is getting his, the other one's just kind of standing off to the side. Right. And I don't think that works when you have a, a starting five where you've got those two in Fooch who can give you consistent offense. And the other two spots are just kind of out there. Like Patrick Williams, we're still waiting on him to kind of get going. Um, yeah. I would assume his second year, if you have Caruso out there, similar situation where you get more value in the other stats and the scoring. So it makes it really easy for opposing teams to kind of load up on those guys. I think at some point they're going to have to make a decision about the path of that franchise. Yeah, and right now they're on the cusp of the play-in. They are the 10th seed right now mm-hmm. um, with the Washington Wizards right behind them. Uh, you're right. I, I, mean, I think that they're they're at this point where – they could get it together and possibly get into that playing tournament. You got the veterans there that probably want to win. They're not ready to mail mm-hmm. it in yet. So, like, I don't think you move Zach Levine for some conditional future picks just yet. Yeah. Like, the wheels haven't totally fell off yet. Um, but certainly something's going to be interesting to monitor as more teams kind of probe that Chicago franchise to see what's available. So far, I've heard the Lakers – but the Lakers are, t- are tied to everybody. The Knicks they don't have anything. No, no, right. <laughs> <laughs> They'll throw their name out no matter what. Yeah. Like even though they mm-hmm. got like a twenty-seven and a twenty-nine first-round pick mm-hmm. to offer you, um, the Knicks have a ton of picks. But I don't know. I feel like Ian Begley is always going to throw out the Knicks to get any superstar. Um, and then there's the Mavericks, which I'm like, maybe, um, yeah. it, maybe you know, like I don't, <laughs> I don't see Dallas even going anywhere yeah. either with that with mm-hmm. that offense. You know, running ISO so much and being so dependent on on a couple of players. Um, the other team is the Indiana Pacers. So Miles Turner has been pretty vocal. Give me an extension or trade me. Sounds like that's what the, the end all be all is going to be for this team. Um, do you think that they're going to resign Miles Turner, given what they've seen thus far and how the Pacers have been a surprise team this year? I think the odds of them doing it are higher than they were before the season started, you know, not yeah. just because of his play, but, Jalen Smith, they re-signed to a multi-year deal in the summer, really hasn't performed, and he was ultimately removed from the starting lineup. So I think you look at him, Isaiah Jackson, I think he's he's in a tough spot. You know, you've got you got Turner, you've got Smith. He really hasn't been able to play as much as, as I think a lot of us in fantasy hoped, especially yeah. with the Pacers winning as, as much as they have. So they're still kind of I think we're still evaluating Jackson, but I think Turner's in a spot where they're. I think they're going to do a lot more to re-sign him than we anticipated. Yeah, I agree, um, and I think it's. I think it is really the surprise performance that they've been giving. You know, I think that they've realized that their core is very solid, and when you have a rim yeah. protector like Turner, reliable when he's actually healthy, um, they can win games. And um, I, I think it's more likely that maybe they move Buddy Heald than mm-hmm. than Miles Turner at this point. Uh, I think. Buddy Heald's role could be redundant if you know you can slot in yeah. Matherin into that into that uh, that slot if he moves. But um, yeah, I, I think Isaiah Jackson. I was going to ask, you know, is there someone that you may want to stash in the in the event that Miles Turner's traded? And I think it would be. I'd probably stash more Jalen Smith than I would mm-hmm. Isaiah Jackson. Isaiah Jackson's currently with their G League affiliate right now, so. I don't know that he's just going to get promoted. I mean, he'll definitely get promoted. I just don't know if he's mm-hmm. going to luck up into the minutes that would that would be available if if Miles Turner removed. So, yeah, just something to keep an eye on. Um, 
I know Jalen Jalen Smith's roster ship has gone down a lot. I've seen him on a lot of waivers in twelve team format. So you know, if something happens, just be ready to to hit that button on Jalen Smith. I think he'd be the one to really uh, get the minutes if Miles Turner were to be traded. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, I think yeah. in the case of Jackson, he would also need that team to just really tumble down the standings. Yeah, in order yeah. to benefit. So I think Smith would be a little bit safer if they move Turner and we're still in contention for a play in or playoff spot. Yeah, and right now the uh, the Pacers, man, they're number seven in the mm-hmm. Eastern Conference, so they are twenty one and eighteen overall. So this this East the East just looks disgusting right now. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we'll see who starts to separate away here. Um. And we close out the la- the final parts of the season. Um. Want to go into some waiver stuff? I mean, we've talked about a bunch of people, but um, who are, who would you say are your priority ads this week for Week Thirteen? I think. Mean- for one, it's going to be um, Najee Marshall, like we mentioned earlier. Yeah. Um, that's one guy. Jeremy Sohan's another one in terms of the Spurs. So I think those two are the ones that I'm kind of focusing on trying to get my hands on ahead of next week. Yeah. Um, I'm Jalen Williams. He's He just crept over 50%. Um, I think now with the, the – the Thunder, they're actually giving him minutes, consistent minutes yeah. in the rotation. He's their third best player. And um, mm-hmm. I think he's going to continue to shine here. He's one of the better rookies that have been in this class, and I think he's going to continue to showcase that. Shoots a very good percentage from the field as a rookie. Takes high percentage shots. Um, he's trying to extend to the three ball a little bit, and I think he offsets that really well with his ability to attack the rim. He's got good footwork in the post. Uses his size. Um, just does a little bit of everything. So I, I do like Jalen Williams. I like his prospects. Emmanuel quickly is someone on on social that I've seen people ask questions about because um, mm-hmm. RJ Barrett is out. So I think he's getting a little bit more minutes as the rotation kind of changes there. Um, but I, I think quickly is going to maintain his footing in this rotation. I think Tibbs has finally come around to his ability to play on ball defense. He's probably their best defender. Um, next to Quentin Grimes. I think that's earned him time on the court. And I, I think we saw him, you know, with the added bonus of Jalen Brunson being out, he went out for mm-hmm. a career high 36 points. And then he follows that up with 15 dimes, another career high. I think that he's shown that he's, he's the game is slowing down for him. So mm-hmm. even though he's still hovering around that 50% roster ship, I think that that should be more. So if you're in a shallow league, I think it's worth taking a, a shot on, on Emmanuel quickly heading into week 13. The Knicks also have four games. And uh, staying on the Knicks, because I can't get enough of them, Quentin Grimes, 42% roster. Mm -hmm. I don't get it. Get this man (laughs) over 50%. How much more? Right. Dude, he's he's averaging 36 (laughs) minutes over the last 10 games. Like, that's Mm -hmm. the opportunity you want. Like, even if he's not getting a huge usage in terms of the pecking order of, of shot selection, he he's a efficient shooter and he's a knockdown three point shooter and yeah. he gets you stock. So, Hey man, I, you can't just find 36 minutes on waivers everywhere. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would, I'm trying to implore everybody get, get uh, Quentin Grimes. Um, yeah, he's going to start either way. So, right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So yeah, a couple other guys that I think it's worth talking about. Uh, we already talked about Denny and, and Gafford who I think are, are really good pickups for week 13. Um, Want to get your thoughts on Jalen McDaniels and the Charlotte Hornets situation? Gordon Hayward's going to miss time. Surprise, surprise. And uh, Kelly Oubre is going to be out for upwards of six weeks. Charlotte is not looking good in the standings. They are currently dead last at 10 and 29. Yeah. They don't have much to play for here. So, hey, why not 
give the minutes to Jalen McDaniels. He did get the start in the last contest. Mm-hmm. Is he someone he's 40% rostered right now? Is he someone you're running to get in waivers? I grabbed him as soon as Ubre went down. Um, just because that bench is so poor that they needed scoring from yeah. somewhere. And he's the guy best equipped to do it. Now he's starting with Hayward out as well. I think that's an easy pickup. I think even Mark Williams right now, even though we're still trying to see how they figure out that, that backup center job, um, he took over when Nick Richards went down and stayed Ooh. in that role when Richards yeah. was healthy. You say, a te- you say 10 and 29. Yeah, I think it's time to play Mark Williams a bit more. <laughs> um, now you're just kind of rooting for for Mason Plumley to kind of see his minutes decrease a bit. Yeah. But, yeah. but even so, I think Mark Williams with an eye towards that silly season and fantasy playoffs would be a decent pickup right now. Man, he's so athletic. I feel like giving him more minutes with Lamelo and, and Terry Rozier there would be pretty yeah. fun. Um, guilt. I mean, obviously, as a fantasy, as a guy that likes him for fantasy, I want to see it happen sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. But yeah, let's. Uh, this is going to be the tank tank uh, Mason Plumley season here. Got got to <laughs> see it happen. Just want to do a quick fire round before we get out of here, man. Um, want to get your take on on buying, and selling some players. Want to get the stock kind of a. A look at the stock market. We'll see whose value is up and down. But like Scotty Barnes, you buying, selling? What are you doing, with Scotty? I'm selling. Selling. Uh, just, okay. Yeah, don't I'm selling. I, I wouldn't say I don't believe in him, but I, I just think with the emergence of OG Ananobi as an offensive player, Pascal Siakam's usage is even higher than it was last season. I I, I don't know, man. Barnes has his moments where he gives you a full stat line. There are other nights where he's barely even noticeable on the court. So right. I think Barnes is a guy that I try to kick the tires on selling personally. Yeah, I'm on the other side. I think it's actually a good buy low spot. Toronto mm-hmm. is going nowhere fast as well. I don't know what they're planning to do, if anything. But uh, they're on the outside looking in the playing tournament right now. It's 16 and 22. Fred Van Vliet's been going through these nagging in and out injuries. Mm-hmm. Um Scotty almost put up a triple double a couple nights ago. So I think that there's still an opportunity for him to turn around comparatively to last season. Um, his field goal percentage is down. I expect that to come back up a little bit as he gets a little bit more acclimated. He has battled a little bit of injuries like everyone in the league, but I don't know. I still feel like there's a glimmer that he'll be better than his per game value uh, currently mm-hmm. says at 102. I think he can get to probably 70 by the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, another player, Christian Wood, what are you doing? Buying or selling? I think I'm going to buy there um, just because he's starting. That's what he wanted all along. Um, he's, he's been playing well. You know, I, I don't know if you sometimes wonder with a guy who's in a contract year, is this about that contract year bump where you want to get paid or is it something that's going to be sustainable? Yeah. Um, but I think the fact that Dallas hasn't committed on that end may be a good catalyst for him to kind of keep this thing going. And eventually teams are going to start to really – overload on Luca. Like you can't watch him just dribble around and, and put up 50 every night. So I think Christian Wood is going to become of even greater importance moving forward. So I'm buying Christian Wood. He has been number nine in per game value over the last two weeks. And I think it's the commitment to him actually playing. Well, he does still have lapses in defense, which is why he probably yeah. wasn't getting minutes before, which is why Jason mm-hmm. Kidd didn't trust him. But from a fantasy perspective, he's almost getting three blocks a game. Um, recently. So I think this is certainly someone that uh, with starters minutes is definitely a guy you want. Um, And then uh, last person, 
Rudy Gobert, we already talked about. Uh, Evan Mobley, buying or selling? I'm buying. Um, I, I just think that playing alongside Jared Allen, he's still a six-round player in nine-cat for the season. So I'm buying. I think he can get to that top 50 space uh, and stick there by the end of the season. Uh, the usage has been a bit tricky just because you have Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland when he's healthy as well. Right. But I think he does enough in the other categories to kind of help you out fantasy-wise. I agree with you. Uh, I've been buying in, trying to get Evan Moby wherever I can, especially while he was mm -hmm. hurt. I think that was a great opportunity to kind of snag him if anyone was getting frustrated with his performance. Um, because, yeah, there's just not a lot of uses to go around, but he's still, as you said, six-round value right now, despite not even mm -hmm. playing that great uh, to expectation. So that'll do it for Round Ball Stew. Thank you for NBC. Thank you to all you guys that tuned in on Twitch. Send us your questions. We would love to get to them on the show we'll you can expect to see us every friday at one eastern me and raf talking hoops um so we'll see you next week and uh good luck to your fantasy teams thanks guys at bet 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every goal every game every point every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.